The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of G. Cobb in the House. I am Micah Warren, and I'm joined this evening by Mr. Jason Ashworth. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing lovely. Thank you for asking. Good stuff, Jay. We got so much to talk about tonight, Jay. I'm so, so excited. I know it's so exciting. And See, uh, most people wait for cold ones and good times on Friday nights. I wait for Michael Warren talk. I do, I do too. And it's these times that I'll cherish and remember for the rest of my life, Jay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we definitely have to talk draft. Obviously, uh, we want to talk about the Eagles draft. We're going to get into that, and we'll talk about the NFL and all this stuff because it's fun. But one of the first things, like. Now, I know we talk about this all the time, but I want to make this clear, because one thing I can't, I absolutely cannot stand is the people that, even, even just over the draft weekend, or you read the people that do their draft recaps and winners and losers, it is such garbage. It is such absolute nonsense to say, you know, to say, well, these guys had a bad draft. These guys haven't even, you know, they just got the minicamp today. So how could we even say that? So it's just so ridiculous. Uh, Obviously, we can't really judge what happened, but we're going to talk about it and do it anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not, we'll, we'll get into it when we get into it. I'll partially disagree with you. Partially agree with you. Partially disagree with you. Okay, why? Uh, why? Well, first of all, I agree with you because, as you said, they haven't even taken the field yet, so you really don't know what you have and what you don't have. Partially do agree because for all the guys, for all the Tom Brady's out there, for all the guys that blossom, after college and find their niche in, in the pros, all right, there's another 80% that don't. All right, so for majority of the talent, you know uh, with majority of the talent who the players are coming out of college, who has a chance to make an impact, and who doesn't. And I think when these quote-unquote gurus and draft experts take a look, they're, they're going to take a look at not only who did you get, but what positions did you address and what holes did you fill. So there is, there, there is some equation. There, there is something to say or fill in the holes and the players you got. Yeah, that, you don't. You never know what kind of yeah. player you're going to get. I mean, that's no, all. No, I agree. And but, you can, you can only really look and say, well, they had a hole here. Did they at least attempt to address it? Uh, right. And that's how it is. And now we got our buddy G Cobbs with us now. G, what's going on? How's it going, man? You got a mini camp today, huh? You know the. Uh, that uh, he's back in the uh, in the tank, you know. Uh, this time with with the microfactor surgery or whatever. You know, I don't even want to know what it is, man. I mean, yeah, I look up, at, dude. Do you realize these dudes are in here to try to take your position? Do you realize they drafted a hundred guys at your spot? 
I mean, come on, man. You know, he might have a pinky toe injury. You never you know. know. He, he, he might, you know, he's probably a good guy, and it's nothing against him personally. But, if, you know, if you hurt and you hurt, hey, man, you know, maybe you need to get in some kind of other line of business. Well, gee, it's not even an indictment on him so much as, as some of the Eagles' previous picks. Yeah. You have a guy like that, that's another wasted second-round pick. Trevor Law is probably a wasted second-round pick at this point. Um, but when we look at what the Eagles just did, uh, in the draft, and like, like we were just talking about, there's no way to really know. But like Jay, you mentioned, you can at least say, well, did team have did a team have uh, a need over here? Did they attempt to address it? The Eagles, you know, we knew they had a, a need a, a defensive end. They need somebody to create pressure from that front four group. Uh, so they trade up, and Jay, I know you wanted Earl Thomas, and you were all excited for Earl Thomas. I thought I had with, him. I thought I had him. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and safety was a need, too. I, I don't think anyone would have yelled at them for taking Earl Thomas. Uh, but they take this guy, Brandon Graham. Um, it surprised some people, uh, certainly the Earl Thomas people. I'll tell you what, just, just looking at some of the film on him, and you can't always tell by that stuff anyway, but uh, it looks like he's pretty tough to block. Uh, Gee, did you like that pick? Well, you know, I have to, you know, give him credit for the – fact that you know he does look good on the, on the tape and uh looking at him today he's definitely <laughs> you know they were thinking of you know uh Hugh Douglas in fact I got on the uh on their website now it's Hugh, Hugh Douglas interviewing um Brandon Graham so uh, you know that, that's an interesting uh thing but you know he he's a bright, Dwight Freeney uh he's he's quick he's built low to the ground and and we'll have to see I mean I I think that you know he shows good on on tape that you know that he can get to the passer. Of course, that that's with the uh, the college guys. We'll see whether he can do it on the pro level. But I mean, it looks good. I mean, I couldn't argue with that. I, I you know I really liked Earl Thomas above that because he was a unique player. But really, as things are coming out, the Eagles think they've got some of those players. You know, they got one of them with Nate Allen, and you know, uh, I, I see where some things are, are happening in the NFL with regards to. Some of these guys, uh, where you got these tweeners, the cornerbacks, and, and safeties, but um, uh, I can't. You know, I don't have a problem with that pick. Uh, I don't have a problem with the Nate Allen pick. Uh, some of those other guys, with you know, where you didn't just stay there and get a corner and get some corners with some size. Looking at what you got to deal with, I, I don't know about that because uh, and and uh, you know, who knows? We could find out that they got some other great pass rushers, but. As things stand right now, I probably would have came out with a couple of big corners, you know, knowing what I've got to deal with in, in the NFC East. Well, you had yeah, said, I gee, I read, uh, I read your article today, and you would said, uh, much to the dismay of Michael Warren, that uh, when you think of possibly use Macho corner, you said he, he seemed to put on some size, and you liked what you were seeing just off the ball immediately. Well, yeah, but, that you know, of course you, you can't go by that because he's got to go out there and play. But, but you can see from the standpoint the kid has been working. Uh, yeah. He feels more comfortable about the um, the the, the uh, secondary coverages, and he's been in the weight room and he's gotten bigger. I mean, and, and uh, you know, you can see that it, it's it's uh, it's right there. But does that mean he's going to be a player? Uh, not necessarily. No. Do you well, think then, Do you think it's their intention though to to put him back in his natural spot on the corner? Well, I can tell you, it's something they're debating. Uh, talking, you know, Andy was talking today. He talked about him. He also talked about uh, Nate Allen. Nate Allen didn't go through all the drills today. He's got quad injury that he's kind of been nursing, and uh, Andy said he's been playing through it uh, by working out for all these teams. 
but he really should have shut it down. But uh, I, I see they look at both of those guys as if they are the combination of corner and safety, and uh, they feel like those guys can, can be uh, interchangeable, you know, uh, and be utilized on the corner and at the safety spot. And the fact that they are bigger corners, so it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they utilize those guys. They'll be going back and forth from the way Andy was talking. Yeah, but does, does it bug anybody? I mean, honestly, the, the tweener stuff, it gets old after a while. Well, this guy played three different positions, so we took him. Well, what if he's not really good at any one of them? And I feel like they do get, they do get into that sometimes. Well, this guy's a safety. Oh, but he could play over here. Well, this guy's a guard. You know, I'm not saying versatility is not important. I think sometimes they put versatility above this guy just lines up and plays his position. How about you just get a safety to play safety? A corner well, I mean, to play corner. I really don't even think that. Well, I think what they're doing, and you know, you could throw Marlon Jackson in there too, but, you know, these guys are all, you know, they're, they're, they're backups. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I think that they would like to get a starter, but they weren't able to, or they, whatever reason they didn't do that in the draft. But come on. Macho Harris, as far as I'm concerned, is not a starter. And neither is Marlon Jackson or really Nate Allen. I, we'll have to see. You know, and maybe he, he could start at the corner spot and everything. But we'll have to see. I, I'm not going to say that about him. But come on. Guy's been through t- two knee injuries, a cornerback, and you got a. Uh, you got a guy who played safety last year who was really shaky, you know. I mean, uh, Macho was shaky early in the season and late in the season. And, and you know, people didn't, didn't call him out because he's a nice guy. But come on, man. He, he didn't look like I a starter out there. Out. I still won't call him out. I still think he gets a bad rap. Oh, God. Only because of here. He comes in the league as a rook and gets thrown yeah. into the position that he's not used to playing. So he had to learn on the fly. So for me personally... Yeah. I gave him a bye last year. Now I need to see what he can do this year. Okay, I'll give him that pass, but but he still it, it, you equal zero then because you haven't proven anything. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But I, I'll let him start out with a with a with a, uh, with a clean slate. But that but I'm not don't 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 talk to me about Macho Harris like he's ever done anything. No, I won't. He hasn't I won't. Done anything. I won't. I'm just talking he hasn't about done anything. I got you. Well, I mean, come on. Tell tell me how many plays you can. Okay, how many plays Macho make last year? Positive I make a big one against the Cowboys when he couldn't make a stop and the guy got the first down. And it was a bigger play for the Cowboys than the Eagles, you know, to be sure. But uh, I mean, he, he wasn't making any plays. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right. right. He's not in safety. But, but I will give it that he was playing out of position and he's thrust in there to do a lot. And, okay, I'll give you all that. But right now, hey, that's over with. Let, let's, let, let me see you do something, man. Well, gee, you kind of hinted before. Do you think they might use Nate Allen at corner? Is there any chance of that? Well, uh, I think there's a chance of it. Yeah, I think there is a chance of it. Because I don't know if anybody else noticed. You know, you know they go, come on, like Ellis Hobbs, come on, man. Come on. That's a qu- you want to talk about major question mark. He wasn't that be good, be- good uh, from a corner standpoint before the neck injury. That's why he's here in Philly now. Come on. Bill Belichick knew, oh, man, this dude can't play. He's All not right, a so corner. Moving forward, moving forward, I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't see anybody that's even – I mean, remotely close that you could look at free agent wise. I and mean, there's nobody even trade wise. Are they just? Is this what we're going to go into the season looking at? I mean, is this what the team has? It is what it is. Oh, Sam, well, is your starting corner right now? I I think that they have some issues. Uh, I think they know they have some issues, but you know, you can't you can't get everything you want all the time. But you know, I think they got some issues, man. All right. Well, then, I, then let me ask you this then. You're you're absolutely right. You can't get everything you want all the time. 
going through the draft the way they did, their strategy throughout the draft, I didn't see too much. I mean, other than Langley, I didn't see too much activity in the corner spot or too much focus uh, on the outside. They focused a lot on the defensive uh, defensive end. In fact, drafted three of them. Is that too much? Well, you know, they, they basically decided, look, we're going to get us a defensive end that can get to the pass, and we might get two or three of them. And we think that will cover up for what's deficiency uh, in back of us because it worked for the Giants. Uh, I, think that, I think that was a strategy. I agree with that, though, G. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 believe me, I, I, I agree with that, too, which is you got to, you know, you, you have got to have you some people up front getting to the quarterback, period. You got, I mean, there's no discussion of it, wonder, no, look, this is something you have to have. No, I agree, and, and while I do think they need corner, and I wish they had come away with maybe one or, one or two more, maybe, I'll tell you what, if you give me a choice between a stud corner and a stud D end, I'm taking a defensive end. Oh, yeah, that's easy. He's going to make that corner better. That corner's not going to make him better. I mean, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's NFL football, especially you're talking about the way everybody's throwing the ball now. You've got to have some pass rushes, man, or, you know, or you, you're always vulnerable. You can never really even hold the lead because you know they could come back against you any time because you, you can't get to the passer. I had uh, brought this up to Micah earlier in the week. Micah, I believe you disagreed, but, yeah, I'll throw it to you. Basically, I want, I want to get your opinion. Based on all the drafts, on the uh, defensive ends drafted, I believe, my, what would we say, Micah, of the 26, only four of them were above 6'3", 270? Do you think there's a sw- I mean, I'm trying to get my finger on it. Is there like a mentality switch of smaller and, and faster uh, to where now the offensive lines have to adjust? Is that the way the defenses are going now, smaller Well, it's, it's happening in uh, college and it's happening on down through high school where if you got a guy big that can move, they're putting him at uh, offensive tackle rather than defensive tackle. Uh, you know, those big guys that are kind of freaks of nature where they can run and move and they're 300-some pounds, they're playing. Uh, they're not playing defensive end. They're playing offensive tackle. And so uh, I think that's what you've got happening. And, and there is indeed a, uh, a move to smaller guys playing the defensive end spot. You know, with, with those big guys moving over there playing offensive tackle, uh, the guys who are smaller, who are fast, and they've got they got to have some strength level too. But they're moving them, and they have they're having them play defensive end. Yeah, and G, if you can just hold that thought, we'll get back to more of that draft stuff on the other side. We got to take a break. This is G Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a second. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host. 
as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. flagship station for sports voice america sports you're joined up with g cobb in the house featuring gary cobb and co-host michael warren you want to get in on the conversation call in now it's toll free 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to garycobb at aol.com remember two r's and two b's in that name now back to g cobb in the house all right we're back here on g cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com i'm michael warren along with g cobb and jason ashworth and we're talking eagles draft um and and, and Jay, you were starting to ask G about the uh, the defensive line, uh, ends and things like that and the size, and we'll get into because the Eagles' third round pick. You know, if you have to come up with one word to describe Eagles, the Eagles' draft pick, it seems like every guy they started out well, well undersized, undersized. This guy, well, he's undersized. He's under. They took a lot of undersized guys, and it was this t- Daniel Tanation out of uh, Washington. What is he? Two sixty. Uh, uh, let me see. He told me his name today. It's, it's uh, Daniel Teo Nishime. Teo Nishime. Yeah. All right. And uh, obviously he's just another guy they're going to put there at defensive end. Uh, well, he'll, he'll be rushing the passer from the defensive tackle spot uh, on third down, though. All right. Okay, fine. Who's going to stop the run? Hey, uh, the guys <laughs> that they're going to have to stop the run are – uh, they're gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, you know, Michael Patterson, uh, Broderick Bunkley, and uh, you know their 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 linebackers. And I'll tell you what, Ernie Sims is a little dude too. He's a, well. That's why the Detroit got rid of him because the Jim Schwartz scheme out there, I guess, was. He's little. Uh, I'll tell you. You know, Deshime is little. Teo Deshime is is little, and so is uh, and so is Graham. Man, all them dudes. I'm looking down at the top of all of those guys' heads. Did you see Ricky Sapp today? Uh, I saw Sapp, but I didn't get much you know, time to spend with him or talk to him or, or look at him really a whole lot. Six they didn't have him doing much, man. They got him listed at 6'4", 252. He, uh, he's bigger. He's yeah, bigger than he, that? He's taller. Yeah, he's tall. 6'4", you know, is decent size. 252 kind of. So, as a linebacker, he's a good-sized linebacker. He, it's not a size issue with him. Now, if you put him at defensive end, that's what then they then you got the size issue there. They got him listed at defensive end. Well, they got him playing linebacker today. It just, oh, did they really? Okay, actually, that makes me feel better then. Yeah, they had him playing. They had him playing Sam, but uh, they're going to use him like um, uh, what's his name? Ninety-one that just left here, man. Chris Clemens. Yeah, Chris Clemens. They're going to be yeah. using him at the Joker and everything. But you know, the, the, one of the big things the Eagles are doing is uh, they're looking for a way to stop. Uh, the tight end. They're tired of these tight ends killing them. Uh, and they do. The tight, I don't think anyone's covered a tight end for the Eagles since Carlos Emmons left. They just, they just don't have it. Oh, oh hey, no, no. They, co- they covered a few tight ends, but it wasn't during the game. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, was there, uh, I mean, you, you obviously had the eyes out there. Was there anybody that you were seeing 
that you just not gravitated towards, but just kind of kept your eye on that naturally you just uh, was was catching your eye. Obviously, there's so much only so much they can do. But well, you know, a lot of the young guys, uh, it's hard to judge them right. You know, in that first day because yeah. they don't have a clue about what they're doing. Right. Uh, but I, I told you about uh, Macho, and his, you know he looked better than he had been looking because. You know, he always played. I was looking at him. You know, he he was playing like a rookie last year. Where he, he's not sure what he's doing. You know, you you don't you don't do anything aggressively and everything. So uh, I saw him, and then I saw you know Quentin Michael got his hands on a couple balls. You know, um, which you want to see. You need some guys to step up. But uh, it, it was real early today. I mean, this was just really today is teaching. It's not really even football very much. It's a lot of teaching for the young guys. You know. So uh, I would say it's, it's very premature to be really looking and, and, and seeing much of what's going on with anybody uh, because all the guys are doing is, is really a lot of learning. And, uh, you know, like tomorrow you'll be able to see, well, you know, who, who looks better than they did yesterday because they're, they're, they uh, have a better idea of what they're doing. Uh, but it's really a teaching camp. And with the fact that this team is so young, uh, it's not where – it would be if you had all those veterans in here just kind of know what they're doing. Uh, you see quite a few mistakes and stuff. And, but even, and, and, uh, but I tell you what, I, I like the way Jeremy Macklin, man. I think Jeremy yeah. Macklin, man. Yeah, you said he put on some weight too? Yeah, you know, he's just good. You know, not a lot, but you can see he's stronger. And he's just sure of what he's doing. And in this offense, he fits it better than Deshaun. You know, That's if you right. just talk about West Coast offense, all those short throws, the slants, uh, the crossing routes, all that kind of stuff. He's bigger. He can take a hit better. Uh, well, I don't want to see them put Deshaun in jeopardy just because you want to get the ball to him just to be getting the ball to him. No, I want him to get the ball in space uh-huh. so that he can use his speed, and I don't want him getting, you know, bolo'd and he's out for a few games. I, think I, I, agree, I agree with what you're saying there, but part of me did disagree with, with – when you say he didn't fit the offense as well, I was reading uh, you had uh, put that. No, up I'm, I'm talking about the pure West Coast offense, which they, they're no. talking about. Well, with Kevin, we're going to run more of the pure West Coast offense later for that. Throw the ball downfield to Deshaun. <laughs> Don't be throwing the ball to him on uh, all them slants and all that stuff. No, the dude is a deep dude. With Let G, him do that because just having him on the field opens it up for everybody else. But gee, what was one of Jerry Rice's greatest strengths? Giving the ball over the middle, and he just went the distance. That's what well, Deshaun can do that extremely well. Yeah, now I know, uh, you know, at times, uh, you know, and if you get that opportunity, but I'm saying if it's a crowded area, I don't want Kevin throwing the ball to him, and he's reaching and a guy knocks him out. I agree. Plus, he's a smaller target, and we don't need him throwing into traffic to that little target. That's my thing. Is, you know, uh, and, you know and, and it doesn't mean, you know, that you don't throw the ball to him over the middle, but, you know, you plan it out. And, and you've got to be thinking, look, we don't, want, we don't want Deshaun, not only do we not want him getting killed, we don't want him taking the big hit because he's, he's going to be out. He's going to miss games. Deshaun is so small that if he gets cracked, he's done for a little bit, man. Yeah, and, gee, I don't know if you – what was it, two years ago, his rookie year, we were up at camp. I walked right by him. Honest to God, if you didn't recognize his face, you'd have no idea he's an NFL player. I mean, he's, he's a little guy. He's a little guy. That's, I mean, it's nothing against him. And uh, it's not that he doesn't have a whole lot of heart. But the thing is, if he gets tagged – you know, good tag on him. You could have him missing a couple games, I'm telling you. Yeah, and, yeah, you, and, you know, you're not the want, same team if he's not out there. Go ahead. Not, Jay? No, I would simply say I don't want Deshaun going over the middle for any reason. 
Um, and, and there's the argument made that when they took Macklin uh, last year, they took Macklin to play with Kevin Cobb because you're right, he is that West Coast receiver. He does fit that role better. And there were arguments coming up that more, more than he was drafted to be a weapon for McNabb, he was more drafted for the Kevin Cobb era of football. Yeah, I don't know that they were thinking that far along. I think that they just said, hey, this is a good player. We think we need to move up and get this guy. But I think you're right. I think he definitely does fit the West Coast. I mean, it, it, he's bigger. And uh, I just heard some things about uh, uh, Jeremy. You know, he's in a little competition with Deshaun. He's tired of everybody talking about Deshaun all the time, and he wants them talking about Jeremy. In a good way, right? This in a, in a good, good way. way. That's yeah. a good, healthy competition. All right, good. Now, I mean, you, you can believe that they're, they're going to have their bumps. You know, there's going to be some run-ins because both of them want the ball. Macklin's getting paid more too, isn't he? What's that? Macklin's Macklin's still getting paid more, correct? Uh, you oh, know, yeah. he might be. He might he be. Is. But you know, Deshaun is being cool about this. You got to you got to realize the Eagles have got to realize. Hey, look, this dude is being cool about this money thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the big problem is, and I, don't, I can't really blame the Eagles right now. And this is what we saw with Kevin Cobb this week, just in case anyone didn't see it. I'm sure they did. Uh, Kevin Cobb got a, a one-year extension, and they got like 12, almost 12 and a half guaranteed, with 12.25 million guaranteed uh, to him. But here's the problem, and it's the problem Chris Johnson faces. It's the problem that Deshaun faces. They clearly are outperforming their contract. That's not even up for debate. But with the uncapped year, you have the 30% rule. So you can't give them a big long-term deal because it physically just can't work where their salary only increases year to year 30% of what, what it was the previous year. So it's not even – the only thing the Eagles could do is like they did the cop. It would just give them a little bit of guaranteed money and say sit tight until we get a new well, CBA. I mean, you're really not – I don't think saying it totally correct. They can give them as much guaranteed money as they want to give them. Yeah, the guaranteed they can. And bonuses <laughs> they can. You're right. I don't think he they don't want to. He don't care how he gets it. guaranteed over a contract, just give it to him. So, but, but I understand what you're saying in that, you know, they can't give them a bonus-wise, I mean, uh, 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 an increase with regards to their salary. But right. if they wanted to, they could just go ahead and give the man some money. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Technically, yes, they could do that. And I'm not sure why you wouldn't really, considering you could give Deshaun $10 million in a bonus this year. You don't have any cap. It's only it's your cash, but it doesn't hurt the cap at all. It wouldn't affect anything. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, the Eagles can get caught with their pants down. If another team gets caught in the same situation, they turn around and get a guy's money. You know, then you believe Deshaun's going to go, oh, man, look. You know, because they say, well, now we love you, Sean, but, 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 but. We love you, but, you know. Well, it's another reason to me that, and you can, you can better believe this is going to be addressed with the new negotiations. People talk about the rookie, uh, the rookie system being broken, and it is, but it's broken for two reasons. The first I mean, look, go, you need look no farther than Oakland. I mean, Jamarcus Russell bagged $36 million in three years. You know, he's 31 was guaranteed. The guy's stealing money. He's never done anything. So there's a big problem with giving a bunch of money to guys that have never done anything. But this is the flip side of that. Well, if you're Marcus Colston or you're Deshaun Jackson and you get picked, well, you get picked in the fifth round, let's say. I don't have to give you anything. I got you, a, I got you locked up for four years at a fifth rounder salary. doesn't matter how good you are. That's the other side, which is nonsense. I think that goes a long way to determine if you keep him in your uniform, too. What's that? I think that goes a long way to determine if you keep that guy in your team's uniform, how you treat him regardless of where you drafted him. So if the Eagles want to keep Deshaun longer, you know, they want to keep him around longer than what his contract is, uh, you've got to, if he's outperforming his contract, you need to pay him that way. 
Yeah, and I think they eventually will. They just don't do it right away. I mean, away. you can answer that. Gee, you can answer that. If you were outperforming your contract as a player and your team was clearly not representing that financially, and then up comes a time where you're a free agent and you have you know, your current team that's now offering you some dollars and the new team offering you some dollars, do you not take a grudge on that? Oh, uh, without a doubt. And, I, and as I said, I think that they could play around if they want to with Deshaun Jackson. You know, you, you'd mess with a powder keg. You know, you know that he's got all his buddies, all the guys that he knows around the league are telling him, look, man, you are the man. You yeah. are the man. And then at the same time, they're running, spending money on things where he's going like, I can't do that. I can't do that. So, you know, eventually it adds up, man. Eventually, you know, the player, I mean, think about it. You're working at a job and the guy next to you who's half as good as you are is making three times the kind of money you're making. And then... Uh, when, when it comes to the time to execute your job, they turn and ask you for much more than the guys that are making more money than you. Tell me that will not get you pissed off. Nah, and it's going to come to a head at some point. We, uh, we'll get back to more NFL draft talk in a sec. we got to grab a break. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network what it comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. On VoiceAmericaSports.com, I'm Michael Warren, along with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. 
And we're talking a little Eagles draft, and I'm going to get into the NFL draft too. Uh, you know, get some thoughts on the first round of the team. Stop talking about my man uh, Kendrick. <laughs> he gave up a few runs. I, well, <laughs> at some point, I think maybe the last segment, if we can get into some Phillies, because they're, oh, boy, <laughs> all those Phillies. Uh, but uh, the NFL, the first round, which, first of all, I want to get your thoughts on the new format. We had uh, the, the Thursday night draft. We had the first round. So the Friday night we had the second and third round, and then uh, obviously four to seven on Saturday. Um, for me, I was pretty excited about the Thursday night first round. I enjoyed it. But, boy, you get towards the end of that, you're getting to pick 30, 31. I'm like, hey, I kind of want the second round now. And I want to know what you guys thought. I enjoyed the way it was broken up, but I, I might want that second round on the first night because I, I, did, I did have a lot of fun that first Thursday night. What did you guys think? Yeah, I thought it was good, but, I, you know, uh, I don't think they're going to, you know, I mean, from you saying that, they're definitely not going to move that second round up because, you know, you want that second round. So, hey, they're going to give it to you, but they're going to give it to you the next night. <laughs> no, and the ratings were good, so you, I think they're going to keep it that way. Uh, Jay, what was your take on that? Well, first of all, Jay, you're exactly right. For the fact that we all wanted the second round to happen right there, Roger Goodell will keep that. Uh, he's going to keep that same format. And the NFL usually gets it right, and they got it right. I mean, I was excited Thursday. We got to see some draft Thursday. It gave us something to talk about all day Friday, not only reaction, but looking forward to Friday night and then same thing Friday night when everyone's out meeting up with some buddies, what are they talking about, the draft. So the NFL definitely got it right. Personally, though, like Micah, I was itching for that second round. And what if you're a team that, you know, you pick, you pick late 20s, early 30s, and you trade that pick? And you, you, in essence, just watched, you know, four hours or three hours, whatever it would be, uh, and you didn't get to see your team pick. Well, that's tough luck. But, uh, yeah, that's, a tough one. that's a tough one to swallow. Well, if you look, let's look around the division real quick and what the other teams did. Uh, I think the Eagles and Giants need to monitor the career of Derek Morgan. I think that's safe to say at this point. Because the Giants, and I spoke with somebody uh, within the Giants that said they really like Brandon Graham better. Uh, he's more polished, has a better chance to contribute right away. A lot of question marks on Jason Pierre-Paul, but uh, supposedly Reese really liked Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, that's the guy they grabbed. And they took him over Derek Morgan, who a lot of people liked. Uh, is, is he even going to see the field much this year? Who? No. Which one? Morgan or Pierre Paul? Pierre Paul for the Giants. Taking O.C. back. He's still got Kiwi. You better hope he sees the field. You don't. Again, it goes into that argument. If you don't take a guy in the first round, um, what, did they, what did they take him? Fourteen? Is that where he went? Fifteen? Fifteen. Regardless, yeah. Well, you don't. You don't take a guy um, in the first round that you don't envision getting on the field. Uh, unless, I mean, unless it's a quarterback where it's your quarterback of the future and you're drafting for that reason. But especially defensive end, in my opinion, I could be wrong. But it, you better have plans for him to get on that field uh, if you're using the high draft pick on him. He's just supposedly really raw. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough challenge for them. Because not only do they have, no, I don't want to say they have depth, but they certainly have players on that line, depending on what they do with O.C., uh, but this kid's not only going to have to overcome a depth chart, uh, some pressure that's on him being a high draft pick, uh, and the fact that he's raw. So he's definitely got a couple obstacles I think he's going to have to overcome. No, but you're right, and I'm sure now, G's been saying for weeks about the uh, the big receivers in the division, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but <laughs> they just got a little bigger. Yeah. You know, the I'm Cowboys move up and they grab it. What's that? I said our boy Des Bryant. 
Yeah, that's Brian. Lastly, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Micah. If uh, if there's two guys I was probably, I don't want to say the most intrigued by, but just two guys that I was intrigued by, I certainly didn't, I wasn't sure about Jason Pierre-Paul. And I don't, I'm not so sure I want to see him develop in New York. And I certainly was kind of captivated by Des Bryant, and I'm not so sure I want to be captivated with him with a star on his helmet for the next six, seven years, however long, if that. And granted, we, these guys have never played an NFL down, so we don't know what they'll do. But if they pan out to where their ceiling is, <laughs> it's going to be a couple, it's going to be an interesting couple of years. Well, then bringing in Des Bryant kind of even spotlights the fact that the Eagles' corner situation is pretty bad, even more. Gee, did that, did that worry you at all now that Des Bryant's in the division? Oh, uh, without a doubt, it's just going to add adds another weapon. Uh, it, it puts him. He's a, he's a young guy, and so for as long as you know he and. Um, uh, Miles Austin are together. I mean, how, how are you going to match up against those two? Let's say you you know you get into the red zone, and you believe they're going right after a, a lot of the Eagles guys because uh, I, I don't think they think those guys can can tackle uh, uh, both uh, Austin and Bryant on a consistent basis. You know, and Roy so. Williams and Patrick Creighton, who's not That's a right. Crowd. As your fourth receiver, I'll take Patrick Creighton all day. And, and, and you, you got all of that, and you got to realize you got that tight end to deal with. So don't forget about that tight end, and don't forget about Felix Jones and Marion Barber pounding you out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And when you didn't don't know what someone didn't, uh, didn't Creighton ask to? Uh, he's holding out of minicamp, isn't he? Looking for a trade now? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, he might be, but you know, come on. There's yeah, yeah, whatever. He's still their best slot receiver. Roy Williams is an outside guy. So if anything, Des Bryant yeah, cut into well, the way Roy Williams is going, he's going to be really outside. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be outside the the building uh, yeah, soon. Sure. Des Bryant's a threat to Roy Williams. I don't I don't see him as a threat to Creighton as much. But uh, no, but I, I you know, but uh, you know, Bryant, he's he's a guy where you know you look at a guy with his talent, you got to say, you know what, we got to get the ball to this dude, you know, and. One of the things that, that I thought was intriguing, and I know he's not what he used to be, but it's still, you know, Romo wasn't happy about it for sure when it happened, is that Flozell Adams got cut. Uh, that's a big left tackle to lose. I, I guess they like Doug Free a lot, and, and that's certainly possible. Does that concern you guys at all? That, you know, you, you get these outside weapons, but you lose your, your left tackle. Well, you know, they, they have decided to do that, and I hope, you know, and for their sake, they know what they're doing. Right. But uh, they say he's quick enough and he can do it and all that. You know, he played well when he did get the chance, so we'll see. Right, yeah, free free was actually fine for them. Uh, And in the second round, which Jay was thrilled about, I know because he was here, uh, the Eagles decided to trade with the Cowboys and they take Sean Lee out of Penn State, uh, the Cowboys did, the linebacker. Um, Gee, do you have a problem? You know, because everyone complained about this. Uh, even Chris Berman was like, "Boy, you trade Donovan to Washington, and now you're trading with the Cowboys. You know what's going on? Do you have a problem with trading within the division?" Yes, I do. I, why are you trying to help? I, I don't want to help my. I don't want to help those guys. Meaning, like, I want to help our team. But you know, if I'm helping the other team, you know, I might be helping the other team more than I'm helping my team. I, what I want to help them for. If, if I got to, if it's the only thing every now and then, I would end up probably doing something with somebody in the division every few years, maybe. But it's not going to be a regular thing. It's not going to be doing two or three times a year. I, 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 I think it's arrogance on the Eagles' part, you know, the way they come across like, well, we know what we're doing and everything. You know, why bother helping those guys? 
I, I guess you could also look at it, because remember when the Eagles traded in 2007, they traded down, they got Kevin Cobb, of course the uh, Cowboys got Anthony Spencer, who, who looks like he might be able to play. But what if Spencer couldn't play? At that point, you hurt your opponent, you didn't help him. Well, I mean, the thing is, you, I'm just, I'm you, you, you think he can't play, you. but, you know, uh, you're helping them do what they want to do. I mean, they got a guy targeted, and maybe you say, well, well, maybe they don't know what they're talking about, but I don't think it's a I, – if I, if I were in position, I wouldn't be doing it. But, you know, of well, course, that, it, that, that's their call. It stings a little more when you just sent your franchise quarterback to, the, to a division rival. That I don't agree with. You're sending a known commodity, something you already know can play, to a division rival that needs quarterback help. That I don't get. Uh, I don't have a, a, as big a problem with sliding around on draft day. Uh, I don't have that big a problem. But, I mean – Speaking of sliding around, the Eagles did a lot of that. And, gee, we've talked about this for a while. You know, there was a debate, should the Eagles move up? Who should they get if they move up? And I, of course, kept saying, I, I want to trade down. That wasn't what I had in mind when I said the Eagles should trade down. I mean, they, well, they, gave, they, they gave you what not, you wanted. Yeah, I didn't say all that. I was thinking, you know, slide down in the first round, slide back a little bit, acquire some picks. They slid so far down, they had, you know, 50 picks in the fourth round. Uh, does that bug you, Jay? Did they, they continue to slide down, or do you say, well, they must have graded these guys as, you know, I can get the same kind of talent in the fourth round. Why wouldn't I just do it like that? Did it, did it bug me? Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm not a, a talent evaluator. I'm not a scout. I like to think that I have an idea of a guy who can play and can't play, but by all means, I'm no, you know, I'm a nobody, right? But I, well, I'll, I'll tell know. you that all day. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I know. Fair enough. I, maybe, maybe I've learned that from you, Micah. But by all means, by all means, there were a couple people on the board at certain times where I'm looking at, and in my head, I'm already penciling them in. Like, could they could they be looking at this guy? That's exciting. That fills a need. He's got some talent. I'm not saying you know he's the next stud uh, stud player in the league, but he could certainly help this team. Not trade down. Okay, next time around, doing this. No, trade down. So, again, I don't know. I'm not sitting here trying to act like I know what I'm talking about, but I find it hard-pressed that the Eagles are going to sit there and act like they know everything about everyone to where they don't need their picks. Just give us a bunch of fifth- and sixth-round picks, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to craft our team that way. So it's a, it was a blend of arrogance um, with a little mix of, okay, maybe they do know what they're talking about. And somewhere in the middle there you're going to find, you're going to find uh, what this Eagles team really is. Yeah, and the fact that they kept trading down, I was like, you know, you, you still need a corner, guys. And I, I know they wanted the, the more picks, but I, I don't know. When you start getting to the sixth and seventh round, you, your chances of hitting on somebody are really going down at that point, yeah. and even if it's the deep draft. Yeah. And to be honest with you, there was, for some of the picks that they did make, in all reality, I'm sitting here looking, wait, you traded down for that? You traded down? You, you skipped over positions of need? To, again, in my opinion, I'm not a big fan of the Teo Nation. Um, I'm not a big fan of that pick, personally. I wasn't a big fan of the blocking tight end. I know you need a blocking tight end to run the football. I get that. But I just didn't see it as one of the positions we needed to address right there. Not that I'm a huge guy on the offensive line, drafting him the, the way Andy has in the past, but to completely ignore it and act like it's not even a concern confused me. Uh, I, I just I just thought there were a couple picks that they could have used that they traded that at the end of the day, you know, in five years we're going to sit back and say, oh, yep, good thing the Eagles passed on that guy, and then a good thing the Eagles. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but 
I'm sitting here seeing some talent that they just walked away from. I didn't have a huge – I know what you're saying about the blocking tight end, and fourth round maybe with other needs out there, maybe that's a little high. But blocking tight end is one of the reasons they can't get third and one and haven't been able to for the last couple of years. I, I, last year they were a little better at it. Uh, but they've had that problem because they get a bunch of tight ends that are all pass receivers that can't block. Well, I, well, if you're running to the outside, but, I mean, if you're running up the gut, I don't know that a blocking tight end – the defensive end, again – if you have, I mean, if your guards and your centers are getting pushed off the ball, and you have a lead fullback, which they do in Leonard Weaver, and you do, you have a, a hard-hitting running back in Michael Bell, uh, who should be able to pick up that third and one. I just didn't see the blocking tight end as a position of need that early. Third and one, a blocking tight end to me. Third and one, if I'm going up the gut, a blocking tight end isn't going to uh, isn't going to make that difference in, a, in the fourth round where I need to address it when I have so many other holes. All right, Jason, you're a big fan of the blocking team, but we'll uh, we'll come back. we got to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. Maybe we'll get into this Phillies mess, uh, big Phillies injury mess. Um, but we'll come back on the other side. This is G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G. Cobb in the house, along with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. I'm Michael Warren. And we talked a lot about the NFL draft, and that's all fun. And I just I can't ignore the Phillies, guys. I can't do it. Uh, our, our good buddy Kyle Kendricks on the mound tonight uh, against the Mets. First, I'm so sick of hearing this already. People are like, oh, the Phillies are taking on the first-place Mets. It's, it's April, and they're ahead by like a half game. Why would you even say something stupid like that? Who cares? But so Kendricks already given up three runs. Uh, it's three to one right now. Uh, I'm just looking at this Mets lineup that has Jose Reyes hitting third because, uh, obviously, Mr. Beltron is still out. So this is not a powerful lineup. I mean, Reyes is hitting 237. Jason Bay is at 278. you got a couple other guys around 280 other than uh, this Ike Davis kid who came up and has been just playing very well. So he's already having trouble with these guys. And, uh, you know, you see that Lidge is coming back today uh, after all the offseason surgery. So I'm thinking, oh, all right, okay, finally getting something going here. we got Lidge coming back. At least help strengthen the bullpen, which has been terrible. And then I see Madsen's on the DL now with a busted toe. So get one guy back, send another to the DL. Uh, I know it's kind of early. You got Rollins hurt. Um, it, it, it's early, and you don't want. If you're going to have any of these problems or injury issues, it's better to happen now than in September. Uh, what level of concern do you guys have for this team right now? And keep in mind, Cole Hamels uh, ain't exactly lighting up the joint. Well, you gotta have concern. Yeah, when I mean it's early. First of all, you have you have to have concern, but temper your concern. Okay, uh, the bullpen needs some work. We have to see what uh, what Lidge is going to provide for this team, and they have to make some adjustments or at least get healthy in the starting rotation. You need to get Joe Blanton and then J.A. Happ uh, back throwing. Right. Unfortunately, the, the bats are going to have to carry this offense. Um, and that's without Jimmy Rollins. But, I mean, let's be real here. Yes, the Mets are in first place, but the Mets' competition is the Braves and the Fish. Because right? the competition is for second place. Um, I don't envision, I mean, if we're here two months later and the Mets are in first place, okay, well, then let's talk here. But we have, we're not even out of April yet. And right. people are talking about this being uh, you know, it's not, not wrapped up. Hey, it's not wrapped up, but it is not the race that people want to make it seem. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even take it seriously yet. I, you know, I think you've got to... Uh... You got to give it some time. I mean, you know, to to really get that concerned right now. You know, the big thing is the long term things, which is, you know, are they going to be ready later on in the season? Uh, you know, that's what you're thinking. If it's a long term thing where you got guys unable to pitch and things, that's a concern. But really, for the Phillies, uh, to get all worried right now doesn't even make any sense um, because we really know that these other teams have more things to worry about. <laughs> so. 
I, w- I wouldn't be all that concerned right now, as, as long as these are not long-term things, like you know, like J. Roll. Yeah, J. Roll's out now. Right now, that's not good, but it's not long-term, so no concern. Uh, the pitching, I think they got to look at all that the same way, which is you just want to make sure guys are on a uh, plan that's going to get them back in due time. As long as that happens, I think the the Phillies are fine. Yeah, and I know injuries. Uh, getting the, the injured guys back is going to solve a lot. Just having Jimmy Rollins, Blanton, and Halfback right there is huge. Here's my here's my bigger concern, and I know the Phillies will be fine once they get those guys back, but the Phillies bullpen uh, doesn't seem like a short-term issue. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check out Mr. David Herndon yet or any of his work. He, he is awful. You'll yeah, well, you know, they, they do have some things there, but the big thing is Lidge... Okay, Hell. Romero, uh, you know, uh, Madsen, those guys, you know, they, they can get all those guys healthy. See, then you get got to give yourself a chance. Some of those other fringe guys, <laughs> did we ever really believe in them? I didn't believe oh. in them. I, I mean, were you believing in them? <laughs> no, but the, when you lose guys like Chan Ho Park, those are the kind of little things that, that don't necessarily get noticed. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Who didn't notice it? Huh? I noticed it. I think I think a lot of people noticed it. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, I think if it's you follow the same Phillies, as signing, uh, you know, making a trade for Roy Halladay is my point. Yeah, well, it's not as glamorous, but you, you're right in that there is a value in there. I, you know, I, I'll give you that. And that's the kind of thing that concerns me. Like, you know, is Baez going to be okay? And all it really does, and here's one of my reasons for concern, is some of these starters. This is where it's a problem. And, and G, you're right when you say if you can get a Romero, Madsen, Lidge healthy and pitching right, that solves a lot. That's three very good arms in the bullpen, granted. Mm-hmm. But if your starters aren't getting out of the fifth, you've you got two or three innings where you've got to come up with ways to get some guys out until you can even get to those guys. And no doubt. Worry, no doubt. Are you, are you wearing out your bullpen? And if it stinks to begin with, <laughs> a worn-out bad bullpen. Because you guys remember, and I, I wrote this for gcob.com today, in 2008, really they could go into a game and they say, look, we got to get this starter out of here. Once we get the starter out of there, I'll take my lineup against your bullpen versus your lineup on our bullpen because the bullpen was just that good. And you could win game seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and you could live like that. You know, with ugh, with the bad bullpen, it's just, I mean, I don't know if you guys caught the San Francisco game. Uh, was it Wednesday? Where it used to be this guy, you know, we'd get a lead, you know, the Phillies get a lead, and they just come in and put the clamps down. That's, you know, game, set, match. Man, I think it's going to be a lot more entertaining games this season based on what I'm seeing so far. I, I think this is a, a plan to make sure that the the race for the NL East title is not boring. I, this sounds like it probably came down from Sea League. Mm-hmm. You want to do a just don't run away with it, guys. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, things happen. Uh, I think that uh, you know, just like uh, Ruben Amaro Jr. He's got to be thinking long-term. If you could add somebody here, add somebody there, you know, and, uh, you know, the short-term things are not really get worth getting worked up over. But, you know, long-term, yeah, there's a, reason to, uh, there's a reason to think about things from a long-term perspective. Well, real quick, guys, before we have to get out of here, and that's coming up soon, Ryan Howard's contract, too soon, too much? Did they address it too soon? Did they give him too much money? No, they didn't address it too soon. They didn't give him too much money. I don't think they gave him too much money because they gave him fair market share now. 
what happens if the guy puts up another 140 RBIs, 45 homers, uh, and then the next year that price goes up another $5 million per year. He's 30. Uh, I think addressing it now, they actually He's gave 30. themselves a little bit of a break. He's 30. You know, I what? think it's reasonable to think, you know, that you know, give him five or six years, you know, that uh, he can keep up, you know, playing at his top level. After that, you know, I, I wouldn't be so apt to be throwing dollars around, uh, and that's what they've done. But uh, right now, if you're going to keep a marquee guy, really write him from he, – he is the top, quote-unquote, power hitter, meaning RBIs, home runs. In baseball, he's proven it. He's done it since he's been in the game. And and with that, this is the kind of money they get. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people are blown away by it, but that's what he gets. And the thing about it is he has been, when he got the, the, the uh, 19 or whatever, 18 million, you know, he's working. So I think that's the reason where you can go ahead and pay a guy because he, he's shown that, look, I'm, I'm interested in working. I'm not just in there and get in a check, then I'm going to go sit down. So... Mike, uh, you know, you I think in the all-in-all, it's a good deal. Micah, you say he's 30, but what did he do when he was 28 going on 29? He lost weight, got in shape. 29 going on 30, what did he do? He lost even more weight, got into even better shape. All right, so well, as I'm calling you in four years, I'm going to see what the deal is. What's that? <laughs> I'm going to call you in four years, and we'll see what the deal is. Look, I don't want to cut you off. we got uh, we got tons more to talk about, but we got to go. I want to thank G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth for joining me, Micah Warren, on G. Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. Get out and enjoy the good weather. Everybody have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 